The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Glad you're all listening out there today. Thank you for joining with us. I know you're listening across the United States, and we have listeners in Canada, in Ireland, sometimes in New Zealand, in Finland, and uh, I'm not sure where all else, but we're really glad that you're tuning in. We love hearing from you, love getting your emails, uh, love getting your comments on Facebook. Thank you so much for participating here with the Spirit of Recovery. And also, I'm really glad that you're letting your friends know, letting the people in your unity circle, people in your recovery circle, know about Spirit of Recovery. Because we're just excited about being able to broadcast on this message of spirituality and recovery. I always have wonderful guests, and I'm glad to get the message out so that we know that we've got uh, more and more people listening and joining in to the Spirit of Recovery community. Every week we talk about topics that are important to you, that are important to the recovery community, and my guests are always down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. They're people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with recovering people or write for recovering people, or a lot of times all the above. The guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking about how you can deepen your recovery and how you can continue to expand the quality of your life. Be aware, too, that um, you can always listen to the Spirit of Recovery archived programs. We've got quite a great collection now. We've been on the air for just a little bit over a year. It's exciting to be celebrating that year anniversary you can find us at www.unity.fm backslash programs backslash spirit of recovery. And you can listen to archives anytime. Also know that Unity FM has a new opportunity for you that you can now listen to any of the Unity FM programs on your mobile uh, device. And also there's a, a new Opportunity, uh, Spirit of Recovery is not on there yet, but we will be soon, and some of the other Unity FM programs are on, and that is Stitch.com. So um, they're always 
coming up with innovations, and it's great because it expands your opportunity to listen. Know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place and that if you're a person who's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member in your own recovery as a family member or you're a family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, whether or not that person's in recovery, you are welcome here at Spirit of Recovery. If you're simply curious and interested in the process of recovery and you just want to learn more, just want to hear what it's all about, you are certainly welcome and we welcome you as a listener and as a participant in our discussions. We'd be happy for you to email us at uh, spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We get those emails during the program if you've got a comment or question for my guest. Or you can also call in to the phone number during the second and third segments of the program, and that's 888-558-6489, and that number is also on your computer screen. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has, in my circle of love and friendship, many people with the disease of addiction. And 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And so ever since that time, my walk has been an integration of the unity and the recovery principles. And that walk is really important to me, and it sure makes a big difference in my life. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to share these ideas with you. Today, we are talking about the topic of getting unstuck. And I know everybody's interested in that. I sure am. I'm always interested in how I can get unstuck. And I have a great guest today, as usual. My guest today is Julie Patrick. Julie is a licensed uh, counselor and social worker. She has 22 years' experience as a psychotherapist in private practice in Dallas, Texas, and she certainly knows her way around addictions and the dysfunctional family system. She's a person who has done and continues to do her own deep recovery work, and that's what allows her to come to her audiences that she teaches and to the clients that she works with with such integrity and such integration. Julie's a nationally certified practitioner in psychodrama and sociometry and in group psychotherapy, and she certainly brings a caring heart and an unwavering commitment to give her best as a facilitator and a counselor. So, Julie, thank you so much for joining us here today on Spirit of Recovery. You're welcome, Anne. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad you're here for sure, and I know you've got lots to share. I had the wonderful opportunity to be a participant in one of your educational workshops, and it was delightful, touched my heart, opened my mind, and um, helped me to come to some new understandings. I know that you believe... You believe in, in deep recovery, in a person um, certainly addressing whatever issues are on top around recovery, but also going deeper. Could you tell us a little bit about, about that, about what you see as deep recovery or how you define that? Deep recovery, in my opinion, and this is the kind of work that I've done for over 20 years, it utilizes, well, first of all, let me say this, Anna, it's a very complex system. And what I encourage people to do who want this kind of deep recovery is to go back three generations in their own family. For instance, if I'm going to be a new mother, for me to be the mother that I want to be and that my child deserves for me to be, I look back at my grandmothers 
What kind of mothers were they, et cetera, et cetera. What pain is there that was never resolved within my grandmother's lives? I come to my own mother. I look at my own mother's mothering and ability to parent me. And this is a very deep, sacred kind of of exploration. Then, when I've done that work, I'm ready to be a mother to my own child. Mm-hmm. What is it that uh, that people get from you know, from looking back and, and looking at those places where their parents or grandparents didn't resolve situations? How does well, it change the, you? Well, uh, there's family pain when you look at this in the in the big picture, and the unresolved pain of my grandparents is handed down to my parents. Are they going to deal with it? Are they are they going to hide it and deny it? Are they going to deal with it? If they do not do that, they're going to hand it down to me. If I am not in a place of uh, resolve to look at the truth about my grandparents and parents, I am going to carry out whatever the family pain is. And it will be left for my children to deal with. How do parents pass it on? Well... You're passing, what you're passing on are a, a belief system of how the world works. You're passing on attitudes about what it is to be a woman, what it is to be a man. Uh, you're passing on uh, what it's like to be a parent, what it's like to be a worker, a husband, a wife. You're passing down all the patterns that are usually unconscious, and they're coming right down to this person who is attempting to, who wants and deserves a better life. So it's almost like you, I'm thinking what, I'm, what you're saying is that a child gets, almost like you get, hand instead of being able to live your own life, you get sort of handed this set of rules, or and like you said, unconscious, but about how it is. And, and you're going to kind of live that out unless you, somehow face it or wake up to it. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. And when you decide you're going to do this kind of work, which takes such courage for someone to make the decision to do this, uh, what are you looking at? You know, am I marrying three men who are... I've married three men who are abusive to me. I'm in a dead-end job, and I know I'm smart, and I could be doing better. Uh, Life is passing me by. So all of this is about a life that has not been claimed yet. And what do I have to do to claim that life is to tell myself the truth. And that is very painful to do for for most people. It sure was for me. Would you be willing to share with us a little bit about how your process and how you came to that claim in your life? Sure. Well, I was 28 years old, and uh, this was uh, a long time ago. I I was married, I am married, my husband and I have been married 48 years, and had we not done therapy, each one of us, I'm sure we would, you know, be up on the beach half dead, Uh, but our little daughter was three years old, and I remember the, the mouth and the voice of my mother coming out of my mouth, and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm repeating the pattern of my mother. 
I'm repeating the voice of my mother. And so I immediately went into therapy. And back then, my therapist did not have this kind of language, but he still was very effective in helping me get a hold of my own life. I remember him saying, Julie, tell me what kind of adult you would like to be, and I'll help you get there. And at that time, that was a revolutionary idea because I believed that you know, it's too late. What, what you see is what you get. But n- no, in fact, I was able to come out of that therapy with a sense of my own self. Uh, and, you know, in this process of three generations, uh, generational kind of therapy, do we throw our grandparents and parents away? No. We look back and sift and sort through those generations. And we take with us what's positive about our family members. And we reject what we will not repeat in our own life, with our own spouses, with our own children, with our own workers that we work with. What changed in your life um, from doing this work with yourself? Oh, gosh, Anna. My whole life changed. Uh, I, be- I was able to set goals and carry them out. Uh, this is something I did not learn in my family. I was able to to believe that I was worthy to have a life that was quality. I learned that I could be happy. I mean, these these are real simple things that I did not have before I went through that process. Uh, I learned that I was not alone, that I did have a higher power, um, and that I could connect with uh, friends, family. I could ask for help. Lots of good things came out of that process for me. You connected with your power. My higher how, power. Right. Yes. How, did, how did you connect with your higher power through this kind of a process? Well, uh, I think it's the belief system that is so important. I learned that I had a right to my own spirituality. I had a right to my own idea of who God is, uh, who my higher power is. I had all those rights to figure that out. And um, I saw a very inconsistent uh, approach to spirituality growing up, so it was kind of turned on, turned off. I wanted something that was constant in my life. And... uh, I realized through my own resilience to survive my childhood that my higher power had been there with me all along. And that belief changed everything. How did that change everything? Well, it it gave me the uh, humility and the appreciation that I was not alone and for me to really grab hold of what was good about myself, and because none of us are perfect. And um, with my higher power, I was able to see that I was only a member of the universe. I'm not the universe. And um, so it was a connector. It, it connected me in such a deep way to myself, to my higher power, and to other people. Think, think about a vacuum cleaner, Anna, just standing there, unplugged, 
Mm-hmm. When I went th- through this process, that vacuum cleaner got pl- plugged in to the, the electrical socket. Mm-hmm. And um, what comes from that is great energy and great appreciation for life. That's a great image. I like that. It's like, yeah, you got you got plugged into that life force, that energy force that's that's always moving, and that's that's great. Maybe, maybe a better one is turning on your computer would be a more up to date one. You know, think of your computer sitting there, black screen, nothing on, and you plug that in, and you're connected to the world immediately. And that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. One of the paradoxes, and you, you said it in what you just said, is that I think sometimes people are concerned that if they do this kind of generational work that it means that they're disrespecting their parents or they're, or they're just digging up dirt or whatever. Or they're going to be alienated from their family. But really, quite the opposite happens. I've, I found that in my own life. What do you think about that? Do people just get alienated or... I think that people do sometimes have that uh, perception. I never um, advocate throwing family away down in the ditch. I, I just don't. This is a, If it's done in a humble way, in a competent way, this person is looking to understand their family. They're not there to blame them and shame them. And, you know, there's been enough of that to go around to last a lifetime. What are they doing? They are attempting to understand their mother. What were her weaknesses? What were her uh, limitations? What were her positive attributes that you appreciate? Same for your father. Same for every member of your family. And you're looking to understand the dynamics. Why? So you can be free and have your own identity. You're, like I said, you're sorting and you're sifting. You're, what are the blessings and what are the burdens? You're trying to unburden yourself. What if, for instance, in my family, the, the women all believed back three generations that a good woman worries. That, that's what we're put, put here on earth to worry about everybody. Okay, I've got to look back and is that what I want for my life? It's going to hamper my abilities to be creative and be in the present in my life if I'm constantly worrying. Yeah, so it's like you can look back and see what was just the pattern or the kind of the deadness or the the way of containing upset or anxiety. And instead of living that way, you get the opportunity to, as you said, really be free to really live who you are. Yeah, I want to decide how much am I willing to worry in my life? How much am I willing? How much energy am I willing to give that? Of course, we're going to worry. So, time for a break. We're, we're going to be right back. Thank you, Julie. This is great. We're going to revisit this when we get back. Um, we'll start with the Serenity Minute in just a moment. Stay with us. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm 
and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. The present moment is the point of action in my life, my opportunity to create my bliss. There is no need to ruminate on the past or daydream about the future when I can do something constructive with the now. Taking advantage of the present moment is like waking up in the morning. I'm no longer in a dreamlike state. Instead, I'm fully awake and aware of what is before me. Why postpone the life I desire? Right here and right now, I can begin creating it. That may mean making a business plan, enrolling in school, or moving a relationship to the next level. Whatever my dreams, I can advance them in the present moment. Guided and supported by God, I live my best life now. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Living A Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery@unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is getting unstuck. And my guest is Julie Patrick. Julie is a licensed social worker and therapist. She's got 22 years experience as a psychotherapist in private practice in Dallas, Texas. And she definitely knows her way around addictions and the dysfunctional family system. She has certainly and does work on her own deep recovery and has experienced much liberation and energy um, from that and claiming her authentic life. She's a nationally certified practitioner in psychodrama, sociometry, and group psychotherapy. And she does bring a caring heart and a commitment to providing a safe environment where clients can explore safe change and find themselves so they can live the life that their higher power has blessed them with. But before Julie and I continue our conversation, I invite you to take a brief moment with me 
as we center ourselves in the peace of mind in the Serenity Minutes. So I invite you to relax, to be aware of your breath, and join me in focusing on this constructive idea. I claim my life. I'm grateful for my life. I know myself through my higher powers, eyes of love. I claim my life. I'm grateful for my life. I know myself through my higher powers, eyes of love. Thank you for joining me in this Serenity Minute. My hope is that you made a moment of conscious contact with that higher power and that you feel refreshed and renewed and feel that love and peace flowing through And now I'm back to my topic, getting unstuck with my guest, Julie Patrick. This is a great time to give us a call or send us an email at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We'd be happy to address that. Julie would be happy to uh, answer your question or hear your comments. So you can call us at 888-558-6489 or send us an email. And we do get those emails during the program. So... Julie, you were uh, telling us in the first uh, segment here before our break all about how this this work, doing the deep recovery work, going back through generations, uh, can really liberate us to live our own lives. And I know that one of the primary modalities you use is psychodrama. What is it? Well, psychodrama is an experiential method of psychotherapy. It was developed by Jacob Moreno in Vienna, in the early 1920s, and he came to the United States and shared this method with the world. In psychodrama, I am making the, uh, uh, let's see how to put this, the unknown known to myself. I'm making my issues concrete for myself. Now, how do I do that? Most of us are analytical, logical, we're comfortable verbally talking about our issues. In psychodrama, I show you the issue. And so there'll be a, this is done in a group, and a person stands up and decides to uh, volunteer to work on an issue, and they pick people from the group to play their family members. So someone plays their mother, someone plays their father, someone plays... Uh, each sibling, and this person decides, I would like to look at an issue that happened back when I was five years old, for instance. We go right back to the past and recreate the scene that this person would like to create. What are we doing with psychodrama? We're attempting to release something, uh, or we're wanting to explore something. We're wanting to... uh, mourn a loss that we've never completely mourned. The range of issues is is, uh, unending. And uh, I've been doing this work for 20 years. I've never seen the same psychodrama replicated. Each person has a unique perspective on their own life. But what are we trying to do? We're trying to unload something that has been an obstacle in our lives. Or maybe we want to deal with something that is in the current here and now. Uh, I hate my job. I want to look at 
my job situation and I want to do something different. Or it's in the future. I want to look ahead and see what my life might hold for me in the future. There's all kinds of issues there. So what's great about psychodrama, Anna, is that it moves very fluidly from the past to the present to the future. Uh, Another way to look at it, I'm going back in the past and I'm rescuing my wounded child. I'm getting my wounded child out of the hands of an abuser, for instance. I'm giving voice to my little wounded child who had no voice as a child. All of this work is done from the adult. So the adult is stepping up and stepping in to a scene to get, get their arms around their little precious child and their little wounded child. And so it's quite uh, miraculous what can happen when you have the guts to do this work because it's not easy to stand up in front of a group and reveal yourself and reveal your issues that you might have. Do you have a, a story you could tell us, of course, respecting confidentiality, of course, um, about how somebody did some psychodrama work, did a scene or did some work in it? Uh, what happened? How did it go down? Well, I'll, I'll take something from my own life. I've, I do psychodrama in my life, too. I tell people, run from a therapist who's not willing to do their own work. And so when I'm not giving psychodramas, I'm going out and doing my own personal work, and I say I'll work on myself until I die. That's my commitment to myself. So I'll take something from my own life. Uh, I remember in, uh, in 1972, my brother committed suicide, my oldest brother. And in my psychodrama, I had someone play my brother, someone play my mother, someone play my father, someone play my younger brother, Someone played me. And what I got out of that, Anna, in the end, it was like an hour and a half work, piece of work. I realized that a lot of my joy and creativity I had buried with my brother when he died. And so I got to go back to where he was buried and reclaim that part of my life, that joy in my life and that creativity. And the, hear the wish from my brother, Julie, go on. No, no more grieving. You grieved enough. I want you to go forward and live your life. And so I, I got so much out of that. And has that psychodrama dissipated in my life? No. That was probably 10 years ago. I took that work with me, and it really resonated in my life and made my life so much joy, have so much more joy. So we bury things. We bury our best selves with unresolved grief. And uh, it may not be the death of a brother. It may be another kind of loss. But in psychodrama, I go back and I get that back for myself and put it in my heart. It's it's like... uh sounds to me, and I, and I have experienced this myself uh, as a client, experienced psychodrama, and uh, it certainly has transformed my life. It's, it's amazing. And yeah. for me, what, what I experienced, I think what you're saying is 
that I got stuck in certain situations in the past because it was overwhelming to me so the, and I didn't have know how to deal with it. So I just the emotional energy I just sort of stuffed away and put on the happy face and got out there and did life, but I felt dead inside. Is exactly. that what you're talking about? Exactly. And I didn't even realize it un- until I was standing there in that psychodrama. I hadn't put, I hadn't connected the dots, is another way to put it in psychodrama. I had not connected the dots that the death of my brother, the loss of my brother, I had buried the best part of myself, my joy, with him. And, you know, it can be survivor's guilt that goes into that. I survived, he didn't. So, wham, you get that on a psychodrama stage and you, you take that home and you live it out. The permission to have joy once again. I know that you, uh, because I saw this in that wonderful workshop that you gave um, a few months ago that I was able to be at, that you use a lot of props in psychodrama. So, of course, psychodrama isn't done for an audience, really, but tell, tell us about the props. Well, the props are very important. Uh, I have probably 500 props in my garage sitting there right now. Props are a way to concretize an issue. And it's really one of the most important parts of psychodrama. The person who's working is is standing in front of a, a pile of props, and I will ask them, uh, pick a prop to represent your childhood. And they go to those props. I don't pick it out for them. They pick their own prop. What are they doing? They're going deep inside their own un- unconscious to make that selection. And secondarily, they are able to see their childhood through that prop. And it, it stays with them. The work stays with them because of the props. What kind of props do you have? Well, I've got a whole uh, pile of just scarves and fabrics and all kinds of different uh, uh, materials that can be used to, in a way, overemphasize something. For instance, the person with an eating disorder, I have a tarp, and the tarp, uh, the person representing the eating disorder will have that tarp all the, wrapped all the way around them under their eyes, uh, depicting that sometimes the eating disorder person is disconnected from their own body. They only see their eyes and the top of their head. They're not connected to the rest of their body. So that's an example of a piece of fabric being used as a prop, and it's very effective. Then you have uh, all kinds of stuffed animals and, uh, gosh, I've got a a little coffin that is used to uh, sometimes to concretize a loss for somebody. So all of these kinds of things... uh, what they enrich the work they bring the work to a very visceral level where the person can run with it versus sitting and just talking about the issue I, you know i'm more comfortable just sitting and talking for 5 days about my issue most <laughs> of us are why but, tell us why why is it more why is it easier to just 
talk on instead of to do to do the drama. Well, you know, blah 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 blah. I'm I'm more comfortable reading. Maybe some people uh, identify with this. Reading gets us nothing wrong with recovery reading. I'm all for it, but it gets us about ten to fifteen percent of where we want to go. We're more comfortable analyzing and talking and debating and so on. Psychodrama goes all the way around that. It's it's great work for engineers, computer nerds, uh, the parentified child, people who are are not comfortable with the emotional side because that's where we go. In psychodrama, we go all the way, way around the analytical to the heart of the matter. What are your feelings? We're matching the feelings to the trauma that occurred back in childhood. Until I have those feelings expressed, I can't move forward. Uh, They get frozen in childhood, usually. And so what are we doing in psychodrama? We're melting terror. We're melting fear. We're melting shame. Uh, we're melting confusion, and when we do that, you go home with your own life in, in your heart and in your hands. Sometimes, you know, when you're just talking about that, how it can be it, sort of more comfortable to get up in your head and, you know, ruminate about it all or, or talk, talk, talk. I I know certainly I experienced this at first when I... Years ago, when I started doing this more experiential kind of therapy for on with on myself, is that mm-hmm. that feeling like if 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 I feel this or if I if anybody sees this, I'm going to die or I'll explode or something horrible will happen. Do you think people go there? Or what what scares Absolutely, them? absolutely. And I've gone there myself. In my family, no talk about the issues that are going on here behind closed doors. Don't you go out. Another big one in my family, you didn't talk about illnesses. So uh, there were all kinds of rules of what you could and could not talk about. So to stand up in front of a group of people that you don't know and start talking about the truth can be overwhelming. There's such a sense of vulnerability. And you're breaking a rule in the family. So what's the gift on the other side, Anna, of that is that... I know the truth. I'm telling myself the truth. And from that I, comes my own voice. I, I gather my own true voice. And that's the beauty of this work to me. When you say that, that to me is the connection with a, with your high, with a person's higher power is finding that. But sometimes that can feel contradictory to what we might have learned in religion, which is about being nice or covering up. Or How do people resolve that? Say a little more about that, just a little bit more. The, the idea that finding your authentic self and, and owning your emotions and finding your voice, really in this kind of work and in recovery work, that's how you get connected to your higher power. That is your conscious contact but sometimes i think in the world of religion it can feel like that's almost the opposite that religion says no be nice don't feel don't talk suck it up yeah i don't know well my opinion is that we have a negative side we have a positive side 
And I learned in my own recovery process that my higher power accepted both sides uh, of me, uh, that I had character defects. This is the humility that comes from the 12 steps, uh, the 12 step program. I have character defects, and my higher power helps me work on those. So I'm no longer nice. You know, I'm not going through life nice. you know, which doesn't exist anyhow, because none of us are all nice. So I become more, uh, more fully human when I can embrace the negative side of myself, too. Well, if I don't do that, time, I'm going to live right. out of my negative side. Hold that thought. We're going to be right back. Stay okay. with us. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back soon with Getting Unstuck with my guest, Julie Patrick. Many people, like myself, desire more out of life. I want more out of my work, my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense. Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link. Hello, Unity Online Radio. Yes, I was wanting to know if I can listen to Unity Online Radio on my smartphone. Actually, yes. iPhone and Android users can now listen live to Unity Online Radio with the Live 365 app. This is great news. How do I get the app? Getting the app is super easy. You'll need to download our broadcast partners app, Live 365. iPhone users can go to iTunes to download the Live 365 app. Android users can go to the Android market. Once the app is downloaded onto your mobile device, search for Unity Online Radio. And voila, your favorite hosts, live on your phone. Wow. Unity Online Radio, on the go? How cool is that? To learn more, go to www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, 
Our topic today is Getting Unstuck. We're exploring the tool of psychodrama that helps us uh, get in that real concrete and emotional and physical and energetic way to get free of things that may have gotten us stuck, old, unresolved issues. And my guest is Julie Patrick. Julie is a um, experienced psychodrama therapist. She uh, is a person who is in her own recovery, and she brings heart and soul to all the work that she does. Again, you can give us a call or send us an email, 888-558-6489, or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm with your comments or questions. So, Julie, before the break, you were telling us something wonderful about spirituality and how the psychodrama process uh, really does open us up to authentic self and spirituality. And that means accepting that we also have character defects. You were telling us about your own recovery. So how does, how does this work? Tell us, if you would, tell us about your recovery and how you've worked with your higher power in all this. Well, I uh, developed an eating disorder. And uh, there were addictions on all sides of my family. And so it was not a surprise that I had developed over time an eating disorder, a compulsive overeating disorder. I ate my feelings. I, you know, in childhood, we weren't supposed to feel. So I began numbing myself very early in my life. Uh, Chocolate chip cookies helped a lot back then. And so remember that our little child is creatively attempting to solve their problems. So the food worked for me for a while. In 1990, I went into recovery for my eating disorder and uh, began the process, the 12-step process, of uh, working on my eating issues. Um, I found through the 12 steps a, a greater consciousness and contact with my higher power. Well, what did that mean? It meant that I was putting my own character defects under a microscope with a loving higher power, not a, an abusive, shaming higher power. So uh, what comes into that is uh, an awareness of how I may be uh, offending people and don't even know I'm offending people. Or maybe I'm offending myself. I could be the, the one that I am punishing the most. And so through the analysis of those character defects, I'm becoming wise and becoming a better person. And then there's a thread through the 12 steps of forgiveness. We have a great uh, plan there already written up for us on how to forgive ourselves and how to forgive others. And um, I found that, you know, I was the last one to be forgiven, and, and learned through many wise mentors of my own that God could not forgive me if I could not forgive myself. And so it gave me permission to forgive myself for my weaknesses, for my limitations, and be able be in a corrective mode. Uh, what do we see in our dysfunctional families when we look back? Are usually caretakers who could not correct their behavior, could not forgive, could not say I'm sorry oftentimes. And so we learn a whole new process of how to solve problems in the 12 steps, 
how to forgive, how to start over, how to make amends, and to be corrective and intentional in what we're doing. Okay, what comes out of that? Creativity and spontaneity. When we, yeah, when we can't forgive ourselves or other people, we get stuck with blame and guilt and get, we get pretty rigid. We have to be so careful to keep a lid on everything. Right. Well, I ask myself, am I better or am I better? And that's a really good question. That's, that's a daily question. Am I, am I bitter today or am I better? And the 12 steps is also, and therapy and all kinds of avenues are helping me and helping others to mature. Because what dysfunction brings in adulthood is usually an immature adult. We haven't had time to back in these families to be able to grow up and mature in a loving, nurturing environment. So my character defects, my negative side is preventing me from really growing up and becoming wiser. You have grandsons that mean a lot to you. How has the work you've done on yourself helped you be the grandmother that you want to be? Oh, that's a great question, Anna. I'm more present with my grandchildren. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not sweeping the floor. I'm not looking at television. I'm not uh, turning on my computer. I'm not living out a busy life with my grandchildren. I'm usually uh, attempting to see the world through their eyes because they are automatic psychodramatists children. And so we see this gift they have of of play, their gift of joy, uh, their appreciation for life is is all there. And so I'm able to really watch them and learn from them and really grow as a person because I have my grandchildren. I've also learned to contain myself because they don't want advice. They don't, you know, uh, they don't want to hear about the good old days. They want to just be in the present with their grandmother. And uh, so that's what I attempt to do. This may be one of those questions that has no answer. But how do you, what do you, there is, you know, not tons and tons, but there's a, a somewhat small percentage of people who have been doing this work in our generation that have been working to mature and, as you described, do you think it's going to have any effect on uh, the future of our world? Absolutely. And, and if I don't believe that, I need to do something else for a living. I have a tremendous faith and uh, appreciation for people who do this work. I can remember, I can tell you this, Anna, in my private practice, of being so overwhelmed at the beauty of resilience that my clients brought to my office, the stories that they brought to my office. Many times I would, that, that client would leave and I would be stunned into silence because of their, what they had overcome and what they had held on to that was so good and so beautiful. So, yes, I have every confidence 
that this kind of work will continue and that people will continue growing. Think of all the people you know right now who are making a difference in the world. That's really what you're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've got to be free of a lot of baggage so that I can go out in the world and be a member of the world and do good things in the world. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Where, If people are interested in learning more about psychodrama, I know your website is www.2twodramaqueens.com because you work with a professional partner. So 2dramaqueens.com is your website. What are other resources that people could use if they want to read more or learn more about psychodrama or other experiential modalities? Well, I always uh, go back to the work of Pia Melody. Uh, She has a great foundation for uh, giving us a map uh, of, of how to approach this work. And so anything she has written is always very good. Uh, the work of Patrick Carnes, Dr. Patrick Carnes, wrote The Betrayal Bond. And if I could keep one professional book, if you told me I could only keep one book, I would keep his book, The Betrayal Bond. It's just a wealth of information. And then psychodrama, I would uh, refer you to Tion Dayton, uh, D-A-Y-T-O-N, and her first name is Tion, T-I-A-N. Uh, she's done some beautiful work in real user-friendly books. So those would be my recommendations. Right. That's perfect. And I'll get that on the Facebook page so people can uh, look up those if they're interested okay. in learning more and, and your uh, get your website up on there as well. Thank you. What would be your, we just got a couple minutes here about a minute, really. What would be your uh, parting word of wisdom to us folks out here as we are working to grow and grow up and find our spirituality? Well, I would say to find your voice. That's so important. Uh, I can remember not having a voice and uh, finding the avenues and connections in the community because there's so many wonderful things everywhere. Uh, uh, Lectures here, workshops there. Uh, We don't just gather this work through a therapist. There are all kinds of avenues, mentors, and uh, dedicate your life, really dedicate your life to growing and becoming the person that you deserve to be. That, That would be primarily what I would wish for everyone. And to not give up, because there are days when we just want to throw the whole thing out the window. And uh, to to stay uh, steadfast. Uh, I remember my therapist, Anna, telling me, Julie, no retreat. No retreat. And what that meant to me is truth at any cost. That I, that I will be in my truth as long as I'm on earth. And to not waver from that. Julie, thank you for being my guest today. Uh, you have given us such great uh, insight, information, and most of all, we can feel that uh, that quality of your heart and your voice. Thank you for being with us and, and uh, sharing with us today about this really important work. Glad you're here. 
You're welcome, Anna. Listeners, I know you enjoyed this today. Join us next week when my guest is going to be Paul Tyman. Paul's going to talk to us about the 11th step, seeking sought through prayer and meditation. He's been making daily contact with his higher power for 60 years. And he's going to share with us how that works and give us practical tips on developing a daily prayer practice. God bless you. Know you're in my thoughts and prayers, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. is the secret to happiness why do bad things happen to good people what is our purpose in life what must i do to bring healing into my life join reverend paul hasselbeck every tuesday for a metaphysical romp explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real life scenarios from people like you Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Your friends at Unity invite you to reflect on these words from Rev. Jim Rosemurgy. Pause and take a deep breath. When you are ready, affirm silently to yourself. Sweet, sweet spirit, I desire a closer walk with you. Show me the way. I am listening. Take time now, in the silence, to get in touch with the spiritual guidance within you. Have faith that your next step, your unfolding, your spiritual growth, is coming to you in divine order through your spiritual instinct or your spiritual knowingness. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Ever have those days when you think life isn't all that you thought it could be? Well, it's our thinking that creates the canvas of our life's masterpiece. When we are ready and willing to step into a new way of thinking, our world literally begins to shift and grow into something bigger and brighter than we ever imagined. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on the Unity Online Radio Network. Be sure to join us every Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern to hear in-depth conversations with leading teachers, authors, and musicians in the world of spirituality and new thought. Listen in and open up Spirituality Today, where life keeps getting better and better.
Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.